I'm Jonathan Mosen and this is Mosen at Large, the show that's got the blind community talking. And this could be a device that gets you podcasting or podcasting better. Tim Cummings is introducing us to the Zoom PodTrack P4, a great tool for recording remote interviews or interviews in person. Mosen at Large Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Tim Cummings, and this is my review slash demo slash discussion of the Zoom PodTrack P4 recorder. This is from a blindness perspective particularly. And let me just say at the beginning that all these opinions are my own. I'm not being paid by Zoom to do this. Also, I'm going to try to not get too technical or too geeky, although I can at times. If I have to, I'll let people know that. And I'm going to break this demo up into six parts. Part one will be the introduction. Part two, I will give a physical description, a detail, very detailed physical description and specifications of the Zoom PodTrack P4. Part three, I'll talk about some of the accessories that you will need if you buy the PodTrack P4. Part four, I'll talk about some of the default settings and a little bit about the menu system in the PodTrack P4. Part 5, I'll give some audio demos, and Part 6 will be some conclusions of my own. To begin with, what is the PodTrack P4, and why are people so excited about it? Well, it's really three things in one. It is a multi-track recorder, it is a mixer, and it is a two-channel USB audio interface. All those three things in one small device. And let me just tell you some of the features that it has that have kind of gotten podcasters quite excited about it. It has four, count them, four XLR microphone inputs. So you can plug four microphones into this device. Each microphone input will accept either a dynamic or a condenser microphone. So each microphone input has a switch to turn on or off phantom power. So you can use either a dynamic or condenser microphone with each individual mic channel. Each individual microphone channel has a mute switch. So you can mute or unmute each microphone by default. Each microphone channel, and this is on by default, has a built-in limiter and low-cut filter um, that you can turn on or off in the menus. They are on by default. And mic channel 3 has the ability, you have the ability to connect up a an iPhone directly to microphone channel 3, so you can record phone calls off of the iPhone or use record FaceTime calls, or Zoom calls. Channel 4 has a setting, mic channel 4, where you can change that to USB so you can connect the Zoom PodTrack P4 to a computer and use it as a USB audio interface. And in that configuration, obviously, if you connect to a computer, you can also use Zoom off of your computer or Skype or any other um, services. Another feature, the Zoom PodTrack P4 has Mix Minus built in. Mix Minus for channel 3, which is the channel that's connected up to your iPhone, or channel 4, which is connected up to your computer. And what Mix Minus means is if you're interviewing somebody through channels through the iPhone 
or on Zoom or using Skype, if you enable this mix minus, that person that you're listening to will not hear them hear their own audio coming back to them. So this is a feature that you can achieve with uh, more expensive mixers, but it's much easier to do using the P4. Another feature that the P4 has, it has four separate headphone jacks, each with their own individual volume control. So if you're interviewing three other people in the studio and they all have their own mics, they can also have their own headphones so they can monitor themselves. So that's a unique feature. And the other feature that it has, it has four built-in what are called sound pads where you can play jingles or promos or podcast music right from the P4 itself. Um, So if you have intro music for your podcast or you have break music or sound effects or whatever, you can use these sound pads to play those. Now, these are a little bit inaccessible by default because to change them, you have to go into the menus, but I will get into that later. All this in a very, very small device. Another advantage of the P4 is you can power it in many different ways. You can run this device on two AA batteries. You can run this device plugged into a USB battery or you can run this device off of AC power. So three different ways to power this device. And all at the price point of $200. And another feature, and this is will be of particular interest to the audiophiles in the audience, the microphone preamps have up to 70 dB, that's 70 decibels of gain. And what that means is if you're using a mic, say, for example, like the Shure SM7B, which is a a dynamic microphone with very low sensitivity, you can run that mic fine on the P4 with no problems and still have plenty of gain left over. That's a basic uh, intro to the PodTrack P4. And now I'm going to get into a detailed description of the PodTrack P4 itself. Okay, so if you take the P4, if you if you purchase the P4 and take it out of the box, it weighs 10.23 ounces. That's without the batteries. It is 4.41 inches wide, 6.1 inches long, and 1.85 inches high. So it's a pretty small device. When you take it out of the box, first of all, the only accessories you get with a P4, you get the P4 and you get two AA batteries. So anything else that you're going to need, and there are some things you're going to need, you will have to purchase for the P4. And I'll get I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to first give a very uh, detailed description of the P4 so that anybody who purchased this unit can go back and listen to this podcast and figure out what's what and uh, get an idea of what it looks like. If you flip the P, if you take the P4 out of the out of the package, on the top of the P4 you will see uh, a bunch of knobs and some buttons and a display. But what I want you to do is flip the P4 over, flip it over so that the bottom of the P4 is facing up towards you. And this is this is the way to orient the P4. So if you flip it over so the bottom of the unit is facing up towards you, you will see at the top two rubber feet. Below those two rubber feet, if you feel your way down the bottom of the unit, you will see a battery door, a standard battery door. And just uh, 
this battery door is not attached to the unit, so be careful that you don't lose it. And if you go down past the battery door to the bottom of the unit, you will see a rubber strip along the bottom of the unit. And this is to stabilize the unit when uh, when it's being used, particularly when you if you have more than one microphone or more than one headphone uh, plugged into it. It's to keep the unit from moving around on the table. The best way to orient yourself to the unit is place the unit on the table in front of you, turn the unit back over and put it on the table in front of you so that the rubber feet are at the top and the rubber strip is at the bottom. So let's start at the back of the unit, furthest away from you. If you look at the back of the unit, you will find four XLR microphone inputs. These are female XLR microphone jacks and they go from left to right, channel one, channel two, channel three, and channel four. Uh, the channel three microphone input can also be used as an input to your iPhone, and the channel four input can be used as an input, USB input to your computer. So if you then move around from the back to the right side of the unit, so moving down the right side of the unit, uh, the first thing you will find is a recessed on-off switch. It's it's a little button. It's recessed so that you won't accidentally turn the unit on or off. And you do have to hold it in and wait a couple seconds for the unit to turn on. Past this on-off switch, you will find a 3.5 millimeter jack. 3.5 millimeter or 1 one eighth inch jack. This is a TRRS jack. Tip ring ring sleeve. This will connect between the unit and your iPhone. You will need to get yourself a TRRS male to TRRS male cable. You'd plug one end into this device and you would plug the other end into your iPhone, probably using a lightning to 3.5 millimeter adapter. Below this jack, you'll find another jack, a larger jack. This is for an optional Bluetooth device that you can purchase for this unit. And this Bluetooth device allows you to connect your phone via Bluetooth. It It's called a BTA2 is the model number, BTA2 Bluetooth adapter. I personally would not recommend this. I recommend connecting your device directly using the cable, the TRRS cable. Uh, I think the audio quality is much better. Then if we go to the, the bottom of the unit, the, the, the front of the unit closest to you, the only thing on the front of the unit, you will find four 3.5 millimeter headphone jacks going from left to right. And these headphone jacks correspond to the four XLR jacks on the back of the unit. So the most left-hand jack would be channel one, and the most right-hand jack would be channel four. This allows you to plug in four sets of headphones to this device. So then if we move around to the moving around to the left side of the device, you will find going from towards you to going away from you towards the back of the device, you will find two USB-C. The port closest to you, the USB-C port closest to you, is the port that is used to connect this device to a computer to use as an audio interface. So you would need to get a USB-C to USB-A cable to connect this device up to your computer. And obviously, when you connect this device up to your computer, the computer will power the device. This device also 
is class compliant, meaning that you do not need any drivers for this device. Even if you're running Windows 10 or an earlier version of Windows, like Windows 7, which I have on my computer here at home, I did not need to install any drivers. This I plugged this device directly into my computer. My computer saw this device as an audio interface, no problem. Behind this USB-C port is a second USB-C port, and this is a power port only. So this USB-C port, the second one, can be used to plug this device either into a USB uh, battery pack or into a USB plug that would go into the wall. Even I, I think even an iPhone adapter would probably um, work with this device. And if you go further back from these two USB ports on the left-hand side of the unit, uh, you'll find the door that you can open to install and insert the SD card. This unit does take a full-size SD card. You slide the SD card into the unit, and of course, it's it's like the standard SD card. You slide it in with the ridge the ridge side down, and it'll just click into place. And in terms of the SD card, let me give some specifications on this. It will take the unit will take a four gigabyte to from a four gigabyte up to a 32 gigabyte SDHC card. They recommend that you get cards that are uh, class 10 compliant, which means that they're cards that run at very fast speeds. So it'll take up to a 32 GB SDHC card. Now, it will also take from a 64 gigabyte to a 512 gigabyte SDXC card, which can give you a lot of recording time if you've got a 512 gigabyte card in your unit. I have a 128 gigabyte card in my unit. This unit records in wave format. It records at 44.1 kilohertz, 16-bit wave format, which I think is quite adequate for most podcasters. So now I want to describe to you uh, the top of the unit. Um, this is with all the knobs and buttons and give you an idea of what uh, of what they are. If you're still holding the unit with the XLR jacks away from facing uh, in the back facing away from you, the first thing you'll find if you look at the top of the unit, go to the top of the unit, you'll find four knobs and going from left to right. And these knobs control the gain for microphone channels one through four. Another thing about these knobs, just to mention in passing, uh, unlike a lot of mixers, these knobs do not have any kind of pointer on them. So it may be difficult to figure out where you have the knob set in relation to uh, the unit itself. What I did for myself was I put some lock dots. I put a lock dot on each one of these knobs so that I could more easily set the levels. So I could set the knob at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock and I would know what the position is. That's something you can do. You may find another solution. The four knobs from left to right are for channels one through four. Below each one of those knobs, directly below each one of those knobs, is a slide switch. On channels one and two, these slide switches have two positions. The leftmost position is for use with dynamic microphones and the rightmost position is for use with condenser microphones. So basically when you flip this this switch from left to right, you are engaging phantom power on each one of these channels to use a condenser microphone. Channel three has a three position switch. 
The leftmost position is for dynamic microphones. The middle position is for condenser microphones. And the rightmost position is for connecting up an iPhone to channel 3. So if you want to connect your iPhone up to channel 3, you would flip the switch into the third position, all the way over on the right, and plug your iPhone into the jack that I mentioned earlier on the right side of the unit. Now, obviously, if you're using Mic 3 to connect up to your iPhone, you can't use it as an XLR input. So you can't use it as a microphone input at the same time. It's either one or the other. And the switch for channel 4, all the way over on the right, which is a three-position switch, the rightmost position is for connecting this device to a PC or a Mac, obviously, to, to a computer. So if you wanted to use this device as an audio interface, you would flip the switch all the way to the right, and then you would connect a USB-C cable to the jack on the left side, closest to the front of the unit. Plug one end into the P4 and plug the other end into your computer, and the P4 would show up as a USB audio interface. Below these, each one of these four switches is a button. So there's a button for channel 1, channel 2, channel 3, and channel 4. These buttons are basically mute and unmute buttons. So you can mute and unmute each one of the microphones. The other thing to keep in mind when using this device is I would recommend that any channels that you're not using, uh, keep the volumes turned all the way down and keep the microphone switches muted. Keep the channels muted. Moving down, if we move down right below these four mute switches that I mentioned, on the left side of the unit, you will find two rows of four buttons. These are the sound pads that I mentioned before that you can program with uh, different sounds to play in your podcast. And to the right of these four buttons, you will see most of the rest of the top of the unit is taken up with a screen a visual screen which shows you what channels you're recording off of and things like that. But directly below those four sound pad buttons that I mentioned, you'll find another kind of lone volume knob on the left side of the, of the unit. And this volume knob controls the audio level of those sound pads. It's one control that controls the lever for all the four different sound pads. Volume control for each sound pad. Directly to the right of this knob, you will find four more buttons. And these buttons are, from left to right respectively, the menu button, which brings you into the menus, the play button, the stop button, and all the way over on the right, the record button. And when you are in the menus themselves, the play and the stop buttons will move you up and down through the menus, and the, the record button or enter button will get you into a particular menu where you can change particular settings. So again, from left to right, those four buttons are menu, play, stop, and record. Below that knob and those four buttons, you will find four more knobs going from left to right. And these knobs control the volume for the individual headphone jacks. Jack 1, channel 1, channel 2, channel 3, and channel 4. So that is a basic uh, description of the physical layout of the device. Next thing I want to get into is accessories that you're going to need to get for this device or that you might want to get for this device. Because the device only comes with two AA batteries. You may want to purchase the Bluetooth adapter. Like I said before, I don't recommend that because I think the audio quality is much better using the direct connection to your iPhone. 
Zoom does sell an AC adapter called the Zoom AD17, which you can use, which you can connect up to the USB cable to plug into the wall, but you probably don't need to buy that particular adapter. Any other adapter would probably work. The output is five, I think it's five volts at one amp. That's the output for that, for the USB charging ports. You're going to need to purchase at least one USB-A to USB-C cable, as I mentioned before. You might want to purchase more than one, but at least one so that you can either power the unit or plug the unit into your computer if you want to use it as an audio interface. You're going to need a TRRS male to TRRS male cable. You'll need to purchase that to use to plug between your PodTrack P4 and your iPhone. And most important of all, you're going to need to purchase a an SD card, because this unit does not come with an SD card. And if you don't have an SD card in the unit, you can't record on the unit. You definitely need an SD card. The unit will take from, from a 4 gigabyte card all the way up to a 512 gigabyte SD card. And it's a full-size SD card. The other thing you might want to purchase for this unit, uh, because it is all plastic, you might want to purchase a carrying case, some type of carrying case to keep the unit protected particularly if you're going to be traveling with the unit a lot. Now, I purchased my um, PodTrack P4 from Sweetwater here in the United States, sweetwater.com, which uh, is a uh, dealer for audio equipment. I like them because they have very good customer service. They actually give you, I think, an extra year-long warranty on the, on the device itself. The reason I per- one of the reasons I purchased it from them is because they sold a case which is made by um, SKB, is the name of the company. And it's the SKB model 3i0705 3P4. And it's, it's made particularly for, it's designed particularly for the PodTrack P4. It's a nice case. It's a hard shell case. It has, it has foam inside of it. And it even has a little compartment to store your cables underneath the unit itself. I would recommend some kind of case for this unit just to protect it, particularly if you're, like I said, particularly if you're going to be taking it a lot of places because it is all plastic. Now let's get a little bit into talking about default settings and menus. When you first get the unit and you first turn it on for the first time, the first thing it's going to ask you to do is to set the time. And I actually used Ira to help me do this, uh, to help me do a couple things in the unit. One was to set the time. One was to format the SD card, which they recommend in the manual. I don't know if that's exactly necessary, but that's one thing that they recommend that you do is format the SD card in, in the unit itself. And the third thing that I did in the menus was I turned on the mix minus setting, which I wanted to use, particularly if I was using using the unit hooked up to a PC. If you've got the unit hooked up to an iPhone, the mix minus is on by default. But in order to use it, if you've got it hooked up to a PC, you need to turn that on in the menus. Now, the reason that I recommend setting the time on the unit 
is because if you do that and you only have to do it once, all your recordings are then timestamped. So you know the date and the time that the recordings were made. And this is important when you're going back looking at the recordings on the SD card. You obviously can always rename them on the SD card uh, by taking the SD card out of the unit and plugging it into your PC, which is what I do. How I That's how I transfer the files uh, if I want to edit them in Goldwave or whatever editor I'm using. But you probably want to set the time just so that you can timestamp the recordings. The other settings that I mentioned this before that are on by default are the low cut filter is on by default and the limiter is on by default. You can change those if you want to, but that's another case where you'd have to go into the menu. So you'd have to get some setup assistance or Iris help. I left them on by default. I left both those options on by, by default on all the microphone channels, except one microphone channel, I turned the low cut filter off. And I'm going to show you what the low cut filter sounds like using it and not using it when I get to the audio demos and what the limiter sounds like, which will be in the next section. There may be a way to figure out as a blind person by using a, writing up a cheat sheet, how to get in and out of the menus. I think with the unit, when you turn it off and turn it back on, it remembers where you left off and that's where you'll be in the menus. So that's the only difficulty. So I would recommend using sighted assistance or something like Ira or Be My Eyes to help you initially set the menus. And then for the most part, you don't have to worry about it because in terms of turning on phantom power, turning that off, that's all done by switches on the device. Another important reason to set the time in the unit is that when you make a recording on the P4 itself, when you make a recording, you're going to get separate files. So in the root of the SD card, you will find one file, which is a stereo track, which is a mix of all the audio that you've recorded. So if you've got, for example, uh, you're interviewing somebody who's on the, on, your, on the iPhone that's connected up to the unit, you will have your track and their track all mixed as one track in one track. You'll have that interview in one one audio track. On the SD card, there's another directory called P4 Multitrack. In this folder, for example, if you recorded that same interview, uh, you will find two files. You'll find a file that contains the track of your audio from your microphone, and you'll find a separate file that contains the track uh, recorded from the person you were speaking with on the phone. That's entitled phone. Those are two separate tracks that are in that separate directory. So it is important to, I think, to set the time and date on the unit. Some audio demos. In this section, I'm going to play some audio demos, which were all recorded with the Zoom PodTrack P4 with a microphone plugged into it. So these were recorded directly using the Zoom, either the Zoom recorder itself, or in the case of the demo that I did with showing the sound pads, using the Zoom connected up to my computer as a USB interface. The following clip is a recording of a FaceTime audio call that I made with my wife Cheryl with the iPhone connected up to the Zoom PodTrack P4. The one thing you will notice in this clip is that you can hear voiceover. Voiceover did come out on the recording. However, if I had been using voiceover while I was actually on the call with Cheryl, she would not have heard voiceover in the background. The mix minus would have canceled that out, but it does come out in the recording. Make a FaceTime audio call to Cheryl Cummings. Making a FaceTime audio call to Cheryl Cummings. 
FaceTime audio call. Cheryl Cummings. Hello? Hey! Oh, it's very clear. Very nice. So, yeah. So, this is the this is the new mixer. I, pl- I have a, f- a cord cable going from the mixer directly into the phone. Mm-hmm. And then I'm talking into my microphone here that's hooked up and to the to the mixer to the mixer and you're okay. and you shouldn't be hearing hopefully you're not hearing any of yourself coming back through the testing phone. one two three testing nope not hearing yeah. me yeah cool it's very it's very clear awesome so does this mean like you you'll be able to call people via facetime and like do a interview or record them or yes something? yes so you yes so you could do it, yeah. So you could do a call by you could call somebody by FaceTime and interview them okay. for your show too. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so that's nice. Yeah. So it's cool. You sound nice and clear. Do I sound clear? Yep, much yeah. better. I yeah. mean, you should, you know, when you call Annette, you should do this. <laughs> yeah, we could do this. That's true. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna hang up the phone. All righty. Bye. All right. So this is a demonstration of the P4. I'm going to be demonstrating the low cut filter. So this, I have a microphone plugged into the same P4, the same microphone that I've been using to record this whole demonstration, this whole presentation. And I am not using the low cut filter. So this is a demonstration without using the low cut filter. So this now is a demonstration using the low-cut filter. This is using the low-cut filter to see how that sounds, to see if you can hear the difference. So now I'm going to try using the limiter and seeing how well that works, if it works well or not. Hello. Hello. And it sounded like the limiter did what it was supposed to do. There was a little bit of pumping, but other than that, it did seem to limit the audio so that there was not any distortion. So for this audio demo, I actually have the P4 hooked up to my computer as an audio interface. So I'm using channel 4, and I'm running a microphone connected up to the P4. And I just wanted to do a quick demo of the built-in sound pads and and some of the sounds that come with the P4 by default. So I'm recording now off of my computer with the P4 hooked up as an audio interface, and I'm going to turn up the volume control that controls the volume level of the level of the sound pads and I'm going to play the some of the different sound pads that come with the P4 by default. Now I'm looking at the four the two rows of four buttons for the sound pads and I'm going to press the top left hand sound pad button. Alright, so that's the first sound clip. The next one, I'm going to press the button directly to the right of that. First button. And as you can notice, that's the little stinger that I've been using, the little musical bed I've been using between the different parts of this demo. So now I'm going to press, in the second row of buttons, I'm going to press the first button on the left here of the sound pads. Now that's applause, but as you can hear when I press that button, it doesn't play the whole applause. I think it's because this particular sound pad is set up to play where you can pause it. There are different there are different ways that you can play them, and this one is set up so that it will pause and not play the whole effect. So to play the whole effect of these applause, you have to hold the button down, which I will do now. 
And as you hear, the sound effects is just, is just looping in the background there. So it's just replaying and replaying itself. And then the button to the right of that, the fourth sound panel, I'm going to play that. It's just a little rim shot there. So as I said earlier, you can put your own audio clips in for these sound pads, but you have to do it through the menus. So it ha you would have to use probably Sighted Assistance or either Ira to do this. Conclusions about the P4. So you've just heard my review and demo of the PodTrack P4, and let me just make a couple of closing comments. I'm impressed with the P4's microphone preamps. I'm impressed with all the uh, features that it has, including phantom power on each channel, including the mix-minus capabilities, and overall I think it's a, a great little recorder for the price of $200. Uh, are there some accessibility issues? Yes, and maybe Zoom at some point will address these uh, later on. Overall, I think for a blind person and for somebody getting into podcasting, it's a great little recorder considering all the features that it has. Just one more comment. I produced the Cooking in the Dark podcast. And one thing that I did before I purchased the P4 was because I have my traditional setup here is a uh, Mackie mixer with a Presonus audio interface. And so my question to myself was, if I get this P4, will I be able to do everything with the P4 that I do with my current setup in terms of my podcast production? And the answer is a unqualified yes. Would I recommend the PodTrack P4 to another blind person? I would give an unqualified yes. I hope everybody has enjoyed this review and um, happy uh, podcasting. To contribute to Mosin at Large, you can email Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com by writing something down or attaching an audio file. Or you can call our listener line. It's a U.S. number, 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. Mosin!